What's up, everybody, and welcome into the Just Josh and Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm your host for the International League of Super Acquaintances. We just had week two wrap up. It was an absolutely crazy week. Week three's on the horizon, but we got lots to talk about, lots to reflect on, lots to look forward to. It's going to be a great podcast. I had a little bit of a taco Wednesday, if you will, and so I'm feeling a little bit spicy, a little bit zesty, but let me start off this podcast with a question. Summer's almost over, I know, but how many of you love a fresh grilled burger? I'm talking 80-20 ground chuck, best choice meat, unbelievable, an aged white cheddar on top, bun and all. You've dreamed this up. It's a perfect Friday summer evening. The love of your life's inside for some of us. For others, not so much, but that's okay. We're ready to have a great meal. So we end up heating up the grill, throwing the patties on. We've seasoned them. We've gotten them ready. We've prepared them. We've done everything we need to do. And you get distracted. The grill gets a little bit too hot. You come back out and realize, oh my goodness, I have burned these burgers. They look like they look crisp. They look far greater than what I wanted. I wanted them medium rare. I didn't want them burned. But your wife, your significant other, says, we're going to go ahead and cook them up anyway. We're going to go ahead and just do it. Just go ahead and eat them. You say, um, doesn't the charring cause long-term cancer according to California... Uh, rules and regulations and she says eat it anyway there's some validity that you begin to question the long-term health of this relationship and whether or not it's something that you should continue to be a part of but that's a whole other discussion and a whole other question you eat the burgers anyway and sure enough you bite into them and guess what though the charring was really bad on the outside it was ugly It looked nasty. It was perfectly cooked on the inside. Tastes magnificent, delectable, unbelievable, audacious. I can't come up with any other words. It's what you were wanting and dreaming for. That, my friends, that burger, the saliva in your mouth that is building because of the thought of this is Rob Cutt's team. On the outside, coming into this season, a lot of us had question marks. Brees Hall, he's injured. The wide receiver room looks a little bit iffy. Saquon, can he step up to do what he needs to do? But I think this man has a team. I think that he's competitive. I think that this man just may have been building something that is ready before we even considered or thought it. The performance that his men put out there was unbelievable. Now, I do, I have heard the allegations coming from the league office and from others that there was a hit put on Nick Chubb so that Jerome Ford would end up ultimately being placed as the running back one for his team 
after Saquon got hurt, and so it gives him a great replacement running back. But, but, but <clears throat> I'm not starting those rumors. Those were put out by the media. Liberal lies, if you will. It's interesting to me, though. It's interesting to me to see what his team's going to look like going forward. A solid base if his wide receivers can continue to get healthy. I've said it before and said it again. If he can find a wide receiver that maybe could step up for his team and be the one, like the one, sky's the limit. Sky is the limit for that team. If Dalton Kincaid can end up contributing in a significant way or mid-significant way this year, sky's the limit. Watch out. Don't get cut by one Rob Cut. All right, let's go ahead and get into the weekly review for this last week. Um, We're going to see how long this podcast goes. I don't think it's going to be a super long one, but I always say that and I end up talking longer than I actually think. So uh, as we started last week, we're going to go ahead and start kind of the new type of way that we're going to be looking at everything. Uh, Instead of going through the weekly report that the media sends out, I kind of have my own little fun weekly report and we're going to go ahead and look at that. So the craziest game of this last week, the one that was probably the closest, most insane things happened. We didn't really have any that were that crazy or that insane, but the closest one that we have was the Simps versus Mahomes on a hill. The Simps rebounded in a big way, coming back against the the Mahomes on a hill. This is actually a Super Bowl rematch from last year, and uh, it was kind of underplayed, but the the fact that the Simps were able to step up, they were able to use this game as motivation to be able to play well, to do what they needed to do, to be able to go forward and win this game, was absolutely insane. CMC stepped up. All the wide receivers that we had questions and concerns about, they kind of riddled, they, they kind of, they kind of threw those concerns away. Mahomes on the hill, by the way, stepped up as well, but just not big enough in this game. Any other team would have probably won. This game, not so much. The Simps used this game as motivation to be able to step up and play better. Joe Burrow still is struggling, but luckily he has Jalen Hurts to be able to continue forward. It looks like Jalen Hurts is going to go ahead and get all of his problems fixed, and he's going to be able to step up. It would be interesting if they ended up running with Jalen Hurts a little bit more instead of kind of holding him back. It feels like maybe because of the, the money that they gave him, they're not having him do any of those runs. But I digress. That was a crazy game. It was interesting to see. The Sims, I think, are still for real, and they showed that. They were willing to come forward with a Super Bowl rematch, and they did a great job. The biggest blowout of the week was Captain Jameis versus the Disgusting Brothers. Nothing big, not a big surprise. Um, the, the Captain Jameis is a team on the ascent. Disgusting Brothers are on the massive descent, and this was to be seen. Um, and they, it was, there's really not much to say other than, uh, two teams with a great future. One has the future already locked in, ready to go right now. The other one does not. The biggest surprise of the week was actually a Varner versus Vrabel body men. A Varner ended up pulling it out and putting, Oh, um, uh, let me rephrase. A Varner ended up winning this game and then putting, uh, Vrabel body men, uh, in an O and two type of situation, which is just super unfortunate for his team. I'm going to talk about it a little bit later in the power rankings, but I just, 
I don't see this as an 0-2 team. I think that this team is actually better than the record actually shows. And the fact that Avarner was able to win this game is actually pretty surprising to me. Avarner benefited from the fact that Travis Kelsey came back healthy for this game. Mark Andrews also healthy for this game. Those are two big losses. Now that he has a full roster, that's going to really help him. T. Higgins was actually utilized in this game. He was targeted. He had two touchdowns. It'll be interesting to see. Will Jake Browning be able to do what he needs to be able to do to help them actually win games, be able to have T. Higgins utilized? Who knows? I don't think so, but who knows? Um, I think Vrabel Body Men back, uh, bounces back big time next week as he plays the Disgusting Brothers. Should end up easily winning that game, going to one and two. And his team should be able to use that as, uh, as uh, kind of a momentum shift. James Cook looks like him. He looks like the dude. If Justin Fields can actually just figure it out and actually start running again, this is not going to be a problem for his team. I think that he's going to be able to get everything figured out. But uh, we'll see. Who knows? Um, but that was the most surprising game just because A. Varner's team with his coaching, with what's happened in that locker room, with the allegations about, uh, just all the things that have come out about his, co- that coach over the years. And even this year is just absolutely insane. So we'll see what ends up happening. But before we get into the weekly power rankings, I actually want to thank our sponsor for this week. It's one of my favorite. It is Kirkland Signatures Nature's Domain Dog Food. It's actually food for dogs. It is by far my favorite dog food. You can pick it up at any local Kirkland or uh, any local Costco, and they're going to be able to have it for you. It's phenomenal. It's great. It's made with fresh beef as the number one ingredient. It has prebiotics and prebiotic uh, fiber omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids, and it's a grain-free recipe. Personally, I pick up the beef and sweet potato formula, and it's absolutely amazing for my dog. My dog loves it, and he he thinks it's absolutely great. The Kirkland Signature Nature's Domain Beef and Sweet Potato Food Formula for Dog is formulated to meet the nutritional needs for all stages of life, from puppies to senior dogs. Made with fresh Angus beef and a blend of quality ingredients, this formula offers great nutrition for overall health and vitality for all dogs. Stop your yapping. Get to buy in nature's domain. All right, let's go ahead and get into the power rankings for this week. I don't think there's really going to be much shakeup at the top. Um, there's, there's a little bit. I'm kind of detracting a little bit away from what the media has already said and what they've stated about some of these teams, teams that have losses. I think right now we're still kind of figuring out who everyone is. And so even if you have an 0-2 record or a 1-1 record, I don't really know if that really speaks too much to the state of your franchise. Some of it does, some of it doesn't. Um, so with that in mind, at number one, I have Captain Jameis. Captain Jameis, amazing team. I've already talked a lot about him. I think that this team is going to go far. Tons of depth. Jameer Gibbs should begin to get a little bit more play. The Damian Pierce situation is a little bit concerning considering his usage from this past week. We saw Garrett Wilson can still be viable week to week despite lack of usage and... um, Uh, having Zach Wilson as his quarterback. But as long as someone's willing to chuck it to him, he's going to be able to do that for him. CeeDee Lamb, great wide receiver. 
Uh, we'll see what ends up happening, but I think that this team is legit, and I do think this could be the year. I would not doubt if he begins to make some moves as his record kind of solidifies, as his team begins to unify around him. This is the year for Captain Jameis Market. At number two, I have, and yes, this may be a little bit surprising because he did just lose to the Sims, but I have Mahomes on a hill. Put up a great fight against the Sims. I still think this is an amazing team. They have Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill. They have Tyler Lockett. A lot of great players. It would be interesting if he uh, could trade for another running back, but to have Derrick Henry, to have uh, Tony Pollard, I think is just going to take him above and beyond. If he were able to get, again, a great running back or a great wide receiver to kind of continue to solidify that team, I could see a championship in his future. But um, that's the status in state right now. I think that he still could be the second best team as he goes into this next week. We'll see how, how his team continues to kind of play despite the loss and if they're able to rebound. At number three, I have uh, Daniel Jones Fan Club, in, a.k.a. Dr. Cornwalls. Now, did make a big trade last week for Nick Chubb, trading away a lot of future draft capital, only to lose him literally this next week and not able to use him for the season. Luckily, he does have Kareem Hunt on his roster. I don't think that Kareem Hunt is going to be that big of a deal. I think that this still is Jerome Ford's backfield just because of what they did this past offseason and not bringing back Kareem Hunt despite having Jerome Ford on the roster. However, I do think that he's going to get some play and talent may end up winning out. You may see kind of that uh, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt thing that we saw a couple years ago happening this next year with Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt. I think that he's uh, probably just a few, maybe one or two pieces to be able to really make that run. I know that he's one and one. I think this is a great team though. And he was my preseason pick. I think he's going to continue to do well. We'll see how he can uh, bounce back. If DeAndre Swift is actually legit in terms of, uh, if, is DeAndre, if DeAndre Swift can continue to get enough play, um, I think that this is going to be a really good team. Um, but who knows if DeAndre Swift can stay healthy? Who knows if DeAndre Swift and the rest of the team is going to be able – or if the team utilizes him the way they should utilize him. And number four, I have Rob Cut. already said a lot about Rob, Cut, Rob Cut's team. Breeze Hall needs the ball to be able to really make this team great. Saquon is out for a few weeks. But if he can survive that, I can see this team going to the playoffs and really making some noise, being a really big dark horse. Again, I think maybe getting a wide receiver one some way, somehow um, would really help his team. At number five, I have A. Varner. Um, already talked a little bit about his team, too. I do think this is a really good team. It could be better. I think that it is a little bit older. We'll see how Josh Jacobs ends up playing out or if Mondo Stevenson can continue to keep it up, but I do think this is a good team. At number six, I have the Simps. I think they could be higher. I think that this could be a higher team. I just don't know who they are yet. We just need a little bit more of a uh, identity around them kind of forming, but I do kind of see them rebounding from next week and go, jumping into the top three come next week if we can get another win. The Joe Burrow stuff is a little bit unfortunate, so let's see what ends up happening there. At number seven, I have Jamarin the Marrier. Jamarin the Marrier is the same kind of team where I can see them leapfrogging and really going forward uh, quickly into the future. We know that Jonathan Taylor is going to be coming back week five, could be playing for the Colts, could not be playing for the Colts. One of the things that's in his contract is that he, uh, from my understanding, does not get anything if he doesn't play this year, but if he does play, he can continue to have his contract or something like that. I can't really remember fully. Um, 
So I think he's going to play for someone somewhere. That's going to be a huge boost for his team. He does need Joe Burrow to come back to be able to help Jamar Chase, unless Jake Browning's willing to just chuck it to Jamar Chase. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think that he does need him to be healthy. At number eight, I have Rabel Bodied Men. Great team. I think that there's been down on their luck. Again, Justin Fields sucks. If he can find a replacement for Justin Fields in the meantime, as Justin Fields figures himself out, I think they're going to be able to um, work it out. I think maybe you just hope that Eberflus gets fired and then maybe Justin Fields starts running a ton. Uh, but that's kind of the state of the franchise right now. I like his depth. I like where he's at. I think he could be a contender this year. But David Montgomery being hurt, uh, et cetera, et cetera, I think just kind of like really wounds him. At number nine, I have Supercam. I do think Supercam's kind of in a rebuild season, a rebuild year, but I do think this is a great team. I think that he could do well. Um, the problem is Eckler's hurt. He traded away Nick Chubb. It wouldn't even matter if he kept him, but now at least he has a future first. Um, yada, yada, yada. He has no wide receivers. This team probably will continue to sink down and just kind of be in that rebuild, but let's see. At number 10, I have UConn. UConn's running back room uh, is just not going to be good enough to be able to actually win games, but his wide receiver court is going to keep them in him, him in games. The revival of Baker Mayfield is something to watch and something to see. He's been helping him kind of keep stay, keep, stay and keep in some games. Uh, but I think this is just going to be a kind of a bottom-tier team as he looks to kind of rebuild and get a few new players as he heads into the next season too. At number 11, I have Sofa89. Unfortunately, Sofa89 is kind of riding a lot of older players. Pause. Sofa89 is um, utilizing a lot of older players that are kind of on the descent. Mike Evans had a really insane game, and I think Stephon Diggs still has it. Darren Waller is a great tight end option. Um, he really is just going to have to pray that somehow Dalvin Cook doesn't look like a corpse like he does look, and that Alvin Kamara looks better when he does come back, but I'm not sure that that's the case. And at 12, no surprise, they're a disgusting brothers. Really bad team, but great future ahead. I believe in them. I do. I really do. I think they are a very sweet, kind, and caring team. So we'll see how that goes. But that's it for the week right there. I'm really excited for week three. I know you're really excited for week three. Let me know. What'd you think about my rankings? I'd love to hear a little bit more. Love you guys so much. Can't wait for next week. Bye-bye.